peace of our Lord be with you. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Those words from John 14.6 have become to Christianity what the ninth inning closer is to a baseball team. The one you can always count on to shut down the other team. Specifically, whenever anyone raises the possibility that the embrace of God might ultimately reach beyond the boundaries which Christianity has established around the grace of God, the verse most often quoted to shut down the conversation is John 14.6. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Usually with a kind of the Bible says it and that settles it finality. Which is why every time the lectionary places John 14.6 in the path of the church as it did today, I feel this very heavy obligation to help us think about what we should say about John 14.6. Of course, for starters, it is difficult for folks like us to say with integrity, the Bible says it and that settles it about anything because we don't practice that about everything. If we actually believed that the Bible says it and that settles it, then we would all have long ago sold our possessions and given the proceeds to the poor because Luke 14.33 says it and that settles it. And we would have disabled our security systems at home and at church because Matthew 5.39 says it and that settles it. And we would stop wearing jewelry because 1 Timothy 2.9 says it and that settles it. And we would have embraced the redistribution of wealth as our guiding economic principle because Acts 2.45 says it and that settles it. Sisters and brothers, let's be as honest as we are capable of being. 
there might be a Quaker, a Mennonite, or an Amish person out there somewhere who can say with integrity, the Bible says it, and that settles it. But no Baptist, Methodist, or Presbyterian that I have ever met in Jackson, Mississippi, we don't get to talk that way because we don't live that way, which is fine. I'm not suggesting we should live that way. All I'm saying is, unless we're going to live that way, I don't think we get to talk that way. And anyway, when John 14:6 says that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus, the truth is, John 14, 6 probably isn't even talking about what we're talking about when we talk about Christianity as the only way to heaven. You know how different John is from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We don't know all the reasons why John is so different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke we do know that most of the best scholarship we have tells us that John was written significantly later than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mark was written in the mid-60s A.D., uh, Matthew and Luke in the 70s, maybe around 80. Most of the best scholarship we have tells us that John was written maybe around 90 or in the 90s. A.D. By then, it had been 20 years since the temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Romans. Without a temple to serve as the center and anchor of Judaism, the Jewish establishment had begun circling the wagons theologically speaking, excluding from the synagogue some of those special interest groups which had been allowed to flourish within first century Judaism, including but not limited to those Jews who believed that Jesus was the Messiah and the Son of God because the Jewish establishment was doing what we would probably have done if we had been in their place. They were trying to restore a central theological identity to Judaism, which once had been centered in and supported by the temple, but which now was no more because the Romans came and destroyed the temple in 70 A.D. All of that may explain some of why John's gospel is so different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and why John's gospel often sounds so much more edgy and angry than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But one thing that we do know is very different about John from Matthew, Mark, and Luke is the way John talks about this intimate relationship between Jesus and God, between the Father and the Son. So, Listen now to all of these verses which do not appear in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but which do appear only in the Gospel of John. 
If you knew me, you would know my Father also. I did not come on my own, but the Father sent me. The Father knows me, and I know the Father. The Father and I are one. The Father is in me, and I am in the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. All that the Father has is mine. I am going to the Father. John 14.6 is a lot like John 3.16. It needs to be returned to the Bible. When you lift it out of the Bible and put it on a bumper sticker or a billboard or print it on the side of a coffee cup, I've found it in all those places and more. You can make it mean whatever you want or need to make it mean. But if you return it to the Bible where it belongs, it does not leap out at you as being in any way different than all of those other verses where Jesus is talking about Himself as the embodiment, the incarnation, the ultimate revelation of God the Father in this world. All of which is to say that when John 14.6 is called upon to shut down conversations about the size of the reach, of the grace of God. John 14.6 is probably being sent on an errand. John 14.6 wasn't written to run. We hear it used that way a lot. In fact, it's the only way I ever hear John 14.6 used. You know, someone will say, well, I know this very godly Jewish person or I know this Hindu person who is obviously so filled with the love and spirit of God and and I just can't believe that they're going to be excluded ultimately from the embrace of God. And there's always somebody close by to say, well, yeah, but you know, John 14, 6, so that's it. Shuts down the conversation shuts down the conversation unless you understand what John 14, 6 means in the context of the entire Gospel of John. My sisters and brothers, I really do want to help you be the best theologians you can be. It is a part of my responsibility as your pastor that I don't get to dodge or shirk especially those of you who are getting ready to go off to college, those of you who are getting ready to open the next new chapter of your life, I want you to leave here with the most strong and solid and true theology that you can possibly have. And here's just one specific, small, big thing that you're going to encounter 
as the years go by. And I want you to be equipped to know how to enter into those conversations without being back on your heels or feeling like you aren't as conservative or as spiritual as somebody else. Strong, clear, solid, serious theology that takes the whole Bible as seriously as the whole Bible deserves to be taken. I want you to have that before you leave here. And as it pertains to John 14, 6, even though it's everybody's closer, even though it's the one verse in the Bible that is most often turned to to shut down any conversation that opens up even the slightest possibility that the embrace of God might ultimately reach beyond the boundaries which Christianity has placed around the grace of God. Remember this. Just because everybody is saying a thing doesn't make it true. Out of my own life, I would just say to you this, that for the first two-thirds of my life, I used John 14, 6, exactly the way most people use it today, to shut down conversations about the circumference of the grace of God. But then I read the entire Gospel of John at a single sitting. And I've also spent a lot of time praying in the Spirit about this. And so what I would say to you from my own life is that one thing the Holy Spirit has revealed to me across a lifetime is this. Anytime we use any verse of Scripture to reinforce the limits that we have placed around God's welcome, there it is highly likely that we are sending that Bible verse on an errand that it was not written to run. Amen. As we come to the close of this hour of worship, we invite you to make important decisions for our Lord and our Lord's church during this time of response.